You're listening to Damage at the Dish, the podcast about data-driven hitting and data-driven baseball in general, with Nate Pearson and Ryan Johansson. Damage the Dish is brought to you by Great Lakes Bat Company, the quality maker of custom wooden bats and the industry's leader in personalized bat fitting. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Damage the Dish, Season 2, Episode 11. Um, happy Monday. Hope you guys are staying safe, staying healthy. Ryan, how are we doing? Doing awesome, man. Just trying to get all these registrations uploaded into our Slack form uh, for our three-week Zoom course. Um, it's been awesome, man. We got over 250 registrations. I think we're probably past 275 now, closing around 300 before the first class. So uh, it's going to be a pretty cool project. It wouldn't shock me if by the end of this thing we're over, we're over 500, 600 people. Yeah, no, that's going to be awesome, man. I'm super excited that we uh, we got that going on starting today. Um, yeah, looking forward to that. I'm pumped. If you guys missed the last episode or haven't been following on social media, we have a three-week Zoom series uh, with over uh, 12 major league uh, organizations represented by uh, players and coaches um, who are kind of going through some have different presentations, uh, some are leading online hitting drills, and the whole point is all about engagement, getting players to uh, getting players to kind of be able to engage with these coaches live, not just simply watch a video of passive engagement, but very active engagement. Hey, why, why do you like this drill? You know, I struggle with this. Is there an adaptation I can have? And they can talk live with these coaches who are donating their time. Um, you know, so it's going to be a pretty cool event. No, yeah, that was a, that was a great idea, man. We're very excited to um, do something that's kind of like not ever been done or maybe it has and I never heard about it but um, to get like all these people involved and um, super pumped that you know we got these uh, these coaches that dedicate their time and put their time off and um, to help these guys do it it's gonna be super pumped man I'm super excited yeah man I mean I, it's certainly been done in, in kind of a, uh, a different way you know or the, the conference or the clinic and it's live um, the, the way that it's done now, I mean, kind of forced, you know, coronavirus kind of forced our hand, this COVID-19 thing where everyone's stuck at home, forced us to be creative. And, you know, coaches are getting stir crazy too. They want to keep coaching. They want to keep putting putting out good, good information. So it's just a it's good platform for everybody. I think everyone at, at all levels are, is excited um, and uh, excited to get it going. But let's, uh, we got a short one today, huh? a short podcast, quick little topic, and, um, and we'll get we'll get you guys out of here. Yeah, what's um, what's in the docket today, man? What are we talking about? Today, I want to address um, peak bat speeds, average bat speeds, peak exit velocity, average exit velocities, as well as buckets of uh, data. Um, so first, let me define buckets of data. Buckets of data is going to be, uh, for me, like if I have, let's say I've got a player who uh, has taken 10 swings. And out of those 10 swings, you would find the average exit velocity by adding up um, all those exit velocities together, divided by 10, you get your average exit velocity. Whereas a bucket of uh, data might be, you know, if two, two of those balls were above 100, 20% of its swings in, those, in that 10 series, I'm just using 10 for easy math, uh, but 20% of those uh, 10 batted balls you know, would be above 100 miles an hour. We would say, okay, that's one bucket. You know, bucket, uh, what percent of balls did he hit over 100? And then maybe three balls or four balls he hit above 95. We would say, okay, 40%, 30 or 40%, depending on what the number would be, you know, that's one bucket. 
and then maybe the rest were terrible. And so he's got, you know, five balls above 95, two balls above 100, and you can kind of bucket it, bucket it that way. So we have to understand that sometimes average velocity can be misleading. Um, I have a blog post about this, uh, you know, um, from a couple years ago at rjoinsbaseball.com. If you guys are interested in reading it, probably outdated. It wasn't some of my maybe best work, but the concepts I think are still, are still pretty really uh, good. Um, and the same kind of goes for bat speed too. You know, when we look at average bat speed versus versus peak bat speed and, and things like that. Now, what averages can tell us, um, and what kind of means can tell us, and standard deviations and things like that. Uh, standard deviation meaning like on which side of the averages are, are kind of like considered you know, good, so think of like a bell curve type thing. Um, that would be kind of like standard deviations at either side of the bell curve. Um, essentially, what they can tell us is how consistent a player is, um, but it doesn't always tell us how productive a player is. And there's definitely a fine line there between uh, consistency and production because the more consistent you are, the more likely you are to be productive uh, in some cases. Um, but I think sometimes we look at there's so much data and information out there right now that we can literally manipulate all these different things, whether it's average exit velocity, whether it's buckets of information, whether it's standard deviations or, you know, peaks. So you can, it, you can literally manipulate so much data in order to kind of write your agenda. And it kind of seems like on the internet right now, certain people are trying to write the agenda that exit velocity and bat speed don't play. Um, and that I, I don't understand, I don't understand that at all. And the, uh, the argument is essentially, yeah, I used to think that way too, but now I'm smarter than you. And, you know, as open-minded as, uh, as you know, we try to be, I can't possibly fathom um, some of the, I, I mean, I get the point. They're talking about deceleration, all these things. Like, yeah, we, we're on that as well. Like, that's, that's important. So to me, it sounds like we're arguing over verbiage. We're talking about different verbiage um, to support an agenda versus actually saying, like, going slower is better. Um, and we certainly have a whole other aspect that we looked at on the cognitive side where we actually do think that going slower is better sometimes for some players. We think that some players perform better 80 to 85% of their peak bat speed where some players perform, where most players in general perform better than 90-95% of their peak. So it's not that I think going slower is better. I think that's why peak speeds matter. No, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's like a it's like a funny argument because like you, if you hit the ball harder, more consistently, like you have a way better chance of like getting on base. Like if I hit if I hit the ball way harder at a defender, it's gonna be a little harder for him to field the baseball. I th- you know, and, and like try to like dumb it down as much as he can. But like, um, I want my guys to hit the ball as hard as they like as as hard as you can every time. Like make it make it hard for them to get get you out. So I think it's like a funny argument, but I get what you're saying, though, because for what we've seen, like some guys. Um, it's good for them to slow down a little bit and like it's good for their the way they move and it's good for their um, like their style of play but yeah in a sense like I want I want baseballs hit hard every time all the time yeah and I think you know you and I talked about this you know analogy too like if there's a Ferrari that has, that's going 100 miles an hour down the highway and it's neck and neck with a 1990 old like Astro van that's like rusty and you know, they're both going 100 miles an hour. They're both neck and neck. The one's going to be perceived to be working way harder than the other one. The van's going to be maybe shaking and rattling and, like, looking like it's putting everything it's got into this, or the Ferrari's going to be smooth sailing, you know, just looking like it's barely, you know, touching the gas pedal. And the perceived effort is that this Astro 
reality. There's probably way more going on with the Ferrari to make it go 100 miles an hour, giving it less perceived effort. There's maybe more fuel injection. I'm not a car guy, so if you're a car guy listening to this, like I apologize for butchering all this. <laughs> you know, fuel injection, like air filters, like all these things that are making this car way more efficient and doing more things than the Astro van. And even though they're doing the exact same production, going 100 miles an hour straight in the highway, one is doing more work, appearing to do, appearing to do have less effort, whereas one is doing the same amount of work, looking like there's more effort with not as much actually going on. So that's what I think. You know, we have to. That's why peak speeds matter to me. Is that if you build the engines, if you build the peak speeds, if I have a guy who can swing you know, up to 80 mile an hour bat speed, you know, 82, that's not very commonly going to happen in the games, um, you know, but if, it's, it's pretty, pretty rare. Um, but if you can get up there, that means you're, you're not, when you go to 99, 95% effort level, you're still swinging faster. And, you know, if you can go, you know, from a turn angular speed and you want to feel relaxed and you want to feel under control, like, like you need to increase your peak speed to be under control at the percentage that plays for your body and your cognitive profile. And just to kind of talk about this from a cognitive perspective, you know, what we found is that, you know, how you, when you wrap the pitches and your level of accuracy dictates likely how, like what ideal bat speed you should be at. And I won't go into it now because, you know, this is maybe like a topic for another day. Um, we're trying to keep this, you know, short and sweet for you guys today. Um, but, there's just so much more that goes into it just to say like, hey, you don't need to work on bat speed or like it's not important. Never think about that or never, never think about exit velocity. And the word, the description that I was hearing is like, don't chase bat speed or exit velocity. First of all, nobody's chasing that. Nobody's chasing bat speed or exit velocity. Nobody's trying to get paid because they have the ball 110. They're trying to get paid because they're productive on the field. And they're working backwards from what makes them productive on the field. Like, I, I know somebody who's, you know, makes a lot of money, he doesn't have the ball that hard. That's okay. But he's like a unicorn. And I know a lot more people who make a lot more money, they hit the ball way harder with not a lot of effort. And it's not it's not the fact that they're not putting effort in, it's the fact that their engines are so big that when they perceive, their first level of perceived effort is still extremely high compared to somebody who doesn't have a big engine. No, yeah, that's a great point, man. I love, I always love, like, let's build the engine. It's, like, my favorite uh, favorite saying. I love it. Which is interesting. And the other part about, you know, weighted bats is, you know, that was one of the arguments. It's, like, weighted bats, you know, don't do anything. Or they're not they're, they're not good for uh, building bat speed. It depends on how you use them. It's not that they're not good right. for using bat speed. They're, they are good for using bat speed. If you have the right intent and you're willing to, like, fail and miss, the baseball and you're trying to maximize and learn how to attack the baseball more aggressively if you're just cueing people to hit the L screen or hit the back of the net with a weighted bat yeah they're not going to be effective for bat speed in fact they might slow you down but they're going to build this deceleration pattern so you're still going to get something out of them right. now where bat speed comes into play and kind of you know we sort of talked about the other day is you know when we're talking about those drills is if I've got a super speed slugger or if I've got a really light stick and I can you know you can essentially make your own super speed sluggers if you want to um you know, you can, and you just swing those dry, and you just do a bunch of dry swings, you're going to get going to get faster. Like, you're going to, like, learn how to stop better and learn how to accelerate better. And part of that is because part of those programs are doing both sides. You're working the right and the left, even if you're not a switch hitter. So a lot of people get, like, really uncomfortable with, when I first tell them, like, hey, turn around. Like, now you got to swing lefty. They're like, huh? I'm not a lefty. And they're like, don't look at me. Don't watch me. Like, <laughs> right. do it. Um, 
like then I guarantee you, like we've tested that time and time again. Like your bat speed will improve, exit velocities will go up, like deceleration patterns improve. Um, when you look at like forty motion and you look at things like that, like players get more efficient just by dry swinging bats in, in a you know somewhat common sense sequence. Um, from that aspect, so it's not that any tool. It's just like when people complain that like black can't do certain things. Like okay, that's fine if it can't do certain things. Understand what it can do and use it appropriately. You know, or people are like, well, hit track doesn't have spin. Like, okay, that's fine. Like, understand what it can do, use it appropriately. Like, look at launch angle buckets then. Try to, you know, define paths from there if that's all you have and you don't have a blast sensor. Although if you have a hit track and you don't have a $150 blast sensor, there's something wrong there. <laughs> um, like, like let's, let's work smarter, not harder. Um, from that aspect. So, it's, all these things are out there and everyone, and everybody's, man, it's, it's frustrating. And I think that's, that's kind of going back to what, you know, this project we talked about at the beginning is going to be so cool. It's like, there's really no agenda here. There's no agenda at all other than to, like, engage with people, build relationships, and put people in front of everybody. None of these coaches are talking to each other beforehand. I'm not giving them any, like, direction and, like, what, like how they want to, like, lead the hitting drills or how they want to do their workouts or how they want to do anything. It's just like, hey, like, day one, here's how to be your own coach. Here's how to gather information and work appropriately for what works for you. And here's all these really smart people who have done some cool stuff in this game that are going to share information with you. Take what you like and move on. Like, take notes, do that, like, all this other stuff. So um, that's kind of where uh, where I think, like, right now when you get on the Internet and people are trying to sell a product, they're trying to sell certifications, they're trying to sell, um, you know, a video series, like, it's like they're arguing with each other about which one they should buy, which like the client should buy. So it's not even really an argument, it's just marketing. You know, as we just had this whole discussion and things like that, all it ends up being is just marketing. And you would hope that, you would hope that, you know, people who are actually like applying this information, even if they say one thing, maybe to market their product, they, they might believe something different. Right. I, mean, I don't know if that's the case or not. Um, but at the same time, like hopefully you believe in what you're selling. Um, which I don't necessarily think that if you're trying to, you know, push one direction of an agenda, you don't necessarily believe in it, even if you're willing to kind of bend it, be flexible in certain instances. Um, but yeah, it just makes zero sense to me of why, why you wouldn't want to build a Ferrari and wouldn't try to like, you know, develop, you know, better patterns in an Astro van. Like, no matter what you do, like, you're not going to build up the Astro van to be better. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but this is not going to win. Um, and you have to, you know, we were talking about like restrictions and things like that too. Which one's going to turn better? Like the Ferrari's going to move better. Like it's going to move better at higher speed. It's going to move better at slower speed. Like it's going to move better. Um, and so the, the argument is don't chase exit velocity. Don't chase bat speed. Just worry about your movements. Why can't we move better faster? Right. And then work on our cognitive profile to understand what our cognitive profile is and what percentage, what effort level, what perceived effort level for one, which is different. Um, your perceived effort level as a person is different than what the actual effort level is. I mean, there's been times with bat speeds and even putting 4D on, they're like, hey, what effort level do you think you're at? And I was like 80%. There was like, dude, you were like 5% off your max. Like, that's great. Like, good. you perform really well at 95%, but your perceived effort level is slowing down and breathing and thinking 80%, and you're at 95% of your peak. And they're like, dude, really? I'm like, yeah, just breathe and relax. It's fine. You can do that. And then there's people that are like, oh, man, I felt like I was at like 85 you know, or 90, and I'm like, dude, you're at, like, 60, dude, like, you need to think, like, turn it up a notch, like, you need to be, like, heightened, and so, that's kind of where, you know, we, there's no one-size-fits-all, like, oh, everyone, like, slow is fast, and fast is slow is the dumbest phrase I've ever heard, ever, like, no, fast is fast, and slow is slow, like, <laughs> like don't change the English language, like, this is, like, that makes zero sense to me, 
that's my lead. I, I can do a whole topic on that, which I just end up repeating a lot of what I said, but that's a whole nother, whole nother thing. Um, there's more context uh, that kind of goes into it. So again, typical me, I'm my soapbox, talk kind of quick. I want to get you guys out of here. Uh, there's obviously more to it than that um, than what we talked about today. Movement patterns, move really well. That's awesome. That's, that's great. I agree 100% with that. It's not all about bass speed or exit velocity. I agree with that too. It's not. Like if you're just chasing that just to chase it and that's your only goal, and you think that that's going to like make you better, it will not. But I don't think that anybody is chasing just the number. What we're chasing is production on a field and working backwards from that. And there's different points of the season or of the off season or of your training platform that has periods to it. And when you're in the periodization of trying to max out and hit your peaks and then blend it back in to what you're doing in spring training or what you're doing up when your high school tryouts start or what you're doing when you go back after the, the winter to your college, like, it's, it just depends on how you manage your time. But if you go 12 months a year just chasing numbers, then yeah, you're probably not going to be very successful. But to say that it doesn't make sense to try to build your engine and try to have a higher peak so you can play at a lower level, a lower perceived effort level, it makes zero sense to me. I'll, I can't comprehend it. Um, and, and maybe I'm just not smart enough because apparently that's the argument too. It's like, I remember when I was there, I used to think that too. Like, you didn't. Like, you're not explaining it that way, but that's okay. Sorry, I got I got mad. I, whenever I say whenever I get mad about the fast and slow and slowest fast thing, I get like really mad. This is the dumbest phrase ever. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's chaos comments. Funny. Got All right. Well, I'm not gonna be mad anymore. I'm gonna go work on our free project. Uh, need need AJ Gill's devotional in my life right now. There we go. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, that was our part of it. So yeah, each day we're gonna have a devotional. And we are going to uh, have a Bible study on Thursday nights um, from, from 5 to 6. Uh, oh, we have more time left, too. I want to keep this under 25 minutes. I was looking at the wrong timer. We still got, like, six minutes left. Um, so, uh, but, yeah, anyways, um, yeah, we're going to have a Bible study for this thing. Uh, make sure you guys get registered. All you can do is go to our website, www.drankbaseball.com. Totally free. Um, and we'll go from there. What do you got? I just like want. I don't think I took a breath. There like, you I, got a, I feel like I got a breath. Now. Got all riled up. I know. Well, I was trying to go fast too, as I think was a part of the problem. That my heart rate like increased, and then like when your heart rate increases, like your emotion, like just like your brain works and all that other stuff too. This is why we talk about like perceived effort level, um, things like that. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely. Uh, I was talking to the big league coach the other day about flow state and kind of the uh, prefrontal cortex. Um, and kind of what what kind of happens to get in the brain to kind of allow people to get there and I'm on board with like moving slower I am like I'm on board with like certain people with certain cognitive profiles moving slower I'm also on board with people who need to like know how to get heightened moving at a like they need to go max effort all the time but at the same time that only works if your engine is at a certain point and so I think, and maybe part of that argument that we were talking about today is like, maybe that engine only has to be as, like so big. And I think that's probably what the people were saying, eggs velocity and bat speed and all that stuff. Like the engine's big enough. So now we need to go back and dial it back. Similarly to in a weight room, if you squat 450 pounds, like and you're a baseball player, that's really, really good. Uh, maybe don't try to like just squat 500. Maybe just do something different that's going to be more beneficial to adding to the things you can already do and maintain that 450. Um, 
but at the same time, like from a from a playing perspective, if I get jammed, the faster I swing the bat, the further the ball is going to go. And I'm not talking about jamming the handle; it's going to snap my bat. I'm talking about missing the sweet spot by like half an inch versus hitting the sweet spot and having it feel effortless because uh, I just hit the sweet spot. So that at the end of the bat, like, and it's moving faster, going to go farther. Like, it's going to be harder. And to your point, Nate, like, the harder you hit it, the better chance you have. Um, kind of going from there. So, and then you can talk about things about, you know, line drive percentages and angles and things like that that we, you know, we're not going to necessarily get into in a 25-minute phone call. So it's not that I'm all about – I don't – we're not saying, you know, that it's just all about the peak speeds again. Like, nobody's chasing a peak speed. Nobody's chasing a top number. People are chasing performance on a field and working backwards from there. So, anyways, now I'm done. No, it's good. I shouldn't have looked at the timer. I should have just stopped. It's good stuff, man. <laughs> but, um, what, uh, you got You got some good ideas for the for the drills you're going to be gonna be hosting this, this week? Yeah, man, working on some stuff, um... Yeah, I'm super excited to, uh, you know, get to share and, um, you know, hopefully help these guys and girls, um, you know, with some stuff they can do at home. I'm super excited to do my part for this whole thing. Okay. Glad I could awesome. help. Well, we'll, uh, we'll let you guys go. Got you guys in and out today under 22 minutes. So um, don't forget if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Uh, we'd love the guys. We'd love to have you guys on the show too. Obviously, we've been working on this project, so I haven't been uh, reaching out to guests. If it's something that you want to do, uh, if you want to call in and ask a question, you can always do that too. We can set that up. Um, maybe that'd be so. We need to set up like a call-in show where people could like maybe like somehow listen live or something like that, or like if they want us to call them and talk to them, like kind of how Gary V does. Right. That'd be cool. It's like, like yeah, my son's coach says this. What do you think? I'm like manage it in a way that doesn't throw the coach under the bus but provides like good feedback or be like dude that's awesome that's the coolest idea I ever had like thanks I just learned from your 12 year travel coach that'd be cool there we go um but alright guys have a good one we'll see you tomorrow uh don't forget too another we have another wine Wednesday I don't have to stock up on uh on some red blunts gotta go to the store <laughs> wear your mask alright no no stay home wear your mask wear your gloves they will order it on Amazon. See if they'll send you one. Seriously. They will. <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate All it right, always. Happy Monday. Thanks.